to Selena and you don't need to, David, that's where, that's where we get into that nasty stuff. But Paul says there is a place. And so because of that kind of stuff, sometimes we, like, refer, like we don't want to be anywhere near anything that sounds like that. And then Paul goes on here to say, basically, we haven't taken money from you at all, Corinthians. We could have. We have the right to. When they worked in the temple, where they, they ate the temple's food, right? But we have chosen to give the gospel to you free of charge. Totally have the right to ask for money and to have, uh, make a living. And part of our living be from you, Corinthians, but we've chosen not to. Okay, so that's the context of what he's bringing up here. The context is Paul and Barnabas and Paul's companions have freedoms to do things, but they're choosing not to. For the sake of the kingdom. You can go to the next slide. We're, let's do 9.24. Uh, then he says, Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one wins the prize? Who's been a runner? Anyone ever compete in a race? Never. <laughs> so... I vividly remember my wife. Oh, she's out getting getting goods for the for so here. My wife ran in a few five Ks, and I thought that looks kind of fun. Maybe I should do that. I watched her a few times, and then I distinctly remember being in my backyard. She had just come home from a run, and I said, "I'm going to do it. Let's go." I go 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 grab my phone. Running app. You know, so I can figure out how far I'm going. I say, I'm going to go 5K right now. Let's go. I used to be an athlete. You know, I used to be fairly athletic. I'm probably like in my mid-20s now, you know. That, right about the time you start realizing your body doesn't quite work the way it used to whenever you're a little bit younger, especially if you haven't been doing exercise. And I just take out off like a, you know what, you know, like I got this. I'm going to average eight-minute miles, and I got it. And I'm like three-quarters of a mile in, and I'm like, oh, good Lord, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> But I did grit my teeth and finish without walking. But I felt horrible. I mean, I remember just being like, <gasps> like, am I really this out of shape? You know, I'm not that old. And at that point, I thought, you know what? Well, this is, this is, this is bad. I don't want to go through my life feeling like this. I actually want to be in shape. And so I decided I am going to run. I'm going to become a runner. And I did. And what I did was I put a, this discipline in my life. Five or I think maybe five days a week when I first started off. I'm going to go running. I'm going to run at least 30 minutes and see what happens. As I did that, I competed in 5Ks and stuff quite a bit, 10Ks. I did a couple marathons and a half marathon or two. Uh, I, am <laughs> I am way out of shape for that stuff these days. But there was one in Murfreesboro that was small, you know. Sometimes you run those little like 100, 150 people, 5Ks. Anyone ever did that? I'm running and I look behind me, and I am in first place. And I'm thinking, I can win this thing. And man, you sh- I, I, don't, I had sheer determination. I don't think I'd ever won a race in my entire life. Like, I mean, let's just be real. Like, any, I mean, more than just a few kids. And I won that thing. And I was, I was proud of myself. And I was like, hey, I won. I won the whole thing. Like, not just my age group or whatever. And I was probably in my upper 20s or lower 30s. But when I won... I didn't win just because I felt like I'm going to go for a run today. Because I've done tried that, and my time was horrible. I would have been in the, towards the last. 
But I won because I placed a discipline in my life and I said, you know what? I am going to do this. I am going to get better at this. And Paul says, again, do you not know that in a race all runners compete but only one wins the prize? Are you allowed to talk like that? We're just one happy family. Paul's like, hey, go! Like, let's go. Run in such a way that you might win it. Like, give it your all. Let's go for it. But again, that doesn't happen by simply saying, well, I hope that I become a good runner. Yesterday, Judah had his first piano recital. Didn't you, Judah? Mm-hmm. He did a really good job. And I'm listening to kids probably his age to 14, something like that, maybe. And they're making mistakes. The rhythm's a little weird, a little wonky, missing some notes, but some pretty good pieces. And I'm watching these kids, and I go, you know, one day a few of these kids are going to play some beautiful pieces that are going to make people weep. But right now, they're still trying to figure it out. And what we often do is we see the people that have these great prayer lives or these great way, w- ways they relate to others and the, they know the word well or they're super thankful or gracious and we think that's what I'm going to be and then we s- try a couple times or whatever and we don't become but what we don't realize is the process that it took them to get there the day in and day out discipline I say I am going to study this thing and I'm going to learn <laughs> I want to know this word I want, it to, I want to know it inside and out, and I want to live it out. Paul says, run in such a way that you may win. He's using this uh, athletic example. Athletes, in verse 25, exercise self-control. He's, this is just such a simple example, right? In all things, and they do so to receive a perishable wreath. Next slide. So he just brings up something very, very practical. Like, you see, you see, you know, the guys and gals swinging a golf club and just perfect shots, and that, they've been working hard for that. They didn't just wake up and do it. He's talking, Corinth had their own games, and there's also the Olympic games. This is an uh, Olympic wreath for something that you would have won for winning whatever you were competing in during the time. Paul uses this real-life example to say, how do athletes get here? Do they get here by saying, well, I think I'd like to be good at boxing, as we're going to read. No. They get here by putting self-control in and saying, I am going, I, I, this is my goal, and I'm going to do all I can to get there. And they do so to receive a perishable wreath. Now, that th- they're this is cool, but, I mean, they want the fame and the honor and the glory, right? I mean, the medals are cool if you win, but you want the recognition. Or maybe for some, a lot of people, it's just that self, like, I just want to do this for myself. I'm going to win this. But Paul says they do this and they pour all this time and all this energy into something that will fade away. This wreath will no longer be here at some point in time. And I think of all the things that I pour myself into. But Paul says, but we, so they do it, they exercise self-control for a perishable wreath, but we, an imperishable one. Just meditate on that for just a second. Meditate on the idea that we are doing things in this life that have eternal implications, which is hard for, I can't even wrap my mind around it. That there are are rewards for what we do here. And I think Paul is 
completely understands that. And Paul is saying, listen, I am going to show that discipline that athletes have because we have such a greater foreverlasting reward that's before us. Let's go to, uh, let's do the next slide. He says, so I do not run aimlessly. I don't know if this person is running aimlessly or not. I just took a saw picture and put it up there. Running aimlessly is having no goal. If I say I'm going to be a runner, I'm going to take off. And I decide, hey, yeah, I'm going to just, I'm going to become a runner. Probably not going to actually get good at running by just, yeah, well, maybe every other day when I feel, you know, when the mood hits me right. How many of us ex- have, have done this when it comes to physical exercise, right? <laughs> I'm going to become more fit. And we get a gym membership or something. But there's really no discipline and aim. It's just like, well, I'd like to be fit if I possibly might can. But if you know anyone that's a great athlete or really fit, you know, you recognize it comes with a dead gum cost. <laughs> I work out for an hour a day, and I'm not a muscle man. So when you think about the people that are like, like these people are like dedicated, not only to what they do but uh, physically, but what they eat and all this kind of stuff. And Paul's using these type of examples, and Paul says, I don't run aimlessly. And what I think is really powerful is I think so many of us as Christians run aimlessly when it comes to spiritual formation. Like, there's no goal. Like, I've given my life to Christ. We don't, but a lot of people don't teach about it, right? We don't, we're not talking about it. No one knows. Like, what are we aiming at? Do we have any aim? Like, Jesus forgave my sins. Awesome, which is, is awesome. It's amazing. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm part of his new creation but do we have an aim? If I see these areas in my life that can be spiritual, that we can grow spiritually, will I do anything about it? Or am I just kind of just, just running around? I mean, I'm guilty of this. Like, this has been hitting me hard. I've been thinking about this for a couple months now and how important this is. He says, I do not box as though beating the air. You see these examples throughout this passage, next slide, of well-trained athletes like these bad boys right here. Frazier and, Mah- and Ali. These guys are amazing. But how much time did they put in to doing this? How much sweat and tears? And I guarantee you, there have to be mornings where Ali go- gets up and goes, I don't want to do this. I mean, I go to the gym regularly and I go, I do not want to do this today. I mean, probably more often than actually wanting to do it. <laughs> I'm just being real. But I go, nope, I've dedicated myself to this, so I'm going to do it. But he's showing this with, next slide, he's comparing that with a couple people that don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't even know what this picture is. I thought it looked absurd. Heels, and I don't know what that guy's face is and what he's doing, and I don't know why you punch like this. But it's just like one of those, like, hey, let's do a, a photo so we can charge people to buy this photo, but they don't really know what boxing is. But this is kind of the image that Paul says. Like, Paul's like, I'm not, we're not boxing into the air. We're not, I don't want to be untrained spiritually. But yet we are often, right? Like we are. I mean, there's so many times where I go, man, I want my prayer life to be better. But what am I doing to get there? And like, you know, sometimes we're like, well, someone will pray for me. And man, and and I've seen, I've actually seen people lay hands on someone and pray. And something powerfully happened. But if they don't have discipline, a year later, there's no difference in their life. 
I, I mean, anyone ever experienced that? Wait, weeping? God, I want to change and really feel like we received something from the Lord? Or assuming that because we have a spiritual gift, we've got it made, and there's no reason for us to grow that gift, to discipline that? That's, that's, that's wild. Those who are excelling in their gifts are people who have said, I'm going to get good at this. I'm going to submit myself and discipline myself to do so. I'm not going to box into the air. I'm not going to run with no aim. But Paul says, we, you know, we shared earlier. I'm going to post it being over here. Oh, almost, man, we're almost getting to be 11. We're, we're doing great. Talked about picking up our cross and stuff. Paul says, but I punish my body and I enslave it. Like I have learned how to say no. You know that people, that I was reading an article that said people that practice disciplines and setting aside time for a thing are actually much happier than people who don't? That's interesting, isn't it? I think often it's because we feel like it's like putting a budget onto our money. Like, if we don't, it's gone, and we don't know what we're doing. It's not, I mean, it's more fun not to have a budget. Like, I'd much rather just throw it around. But if we want to grow in XYZ area in our life, in the spirit, then we do. We, he says, I punish my body and enslave it, so that after proclaiming to others, listen to Paul saying this, I should not be disqualified. He uses this athletic term again. He's not going to show up for a race at the games in Corinth and find himself disqualified because he's not really ready to run the race. He's like, I'm not going to do that. I myself, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to punish my body. I'm going to enslave. I know sometimes those words just, I don't know. But I'm going to make sure that after proclaiming and telling everybody else, hey, you should have, oh no, we, should, we should be people of thankfulness. And I'm preaching it here, and then I'm just the most grumbling, complaining person in the world. I'm not going to disqualify myself by complaining and grumbling. If we're going to teach our kids, if we're going to share it to our students at school, if we're going to share it to our grandkids, our nieces and nephews, we need to be these people. We don't want to find ourselves disqualified after trying to tell others, well, you should be nice to people. But really, we're not nice to people. <laughs> It doesn't happen overnight, but we can begin to participate in it. Let me just pull up, pull up three verses real quick. I think uh, Ben shared this this morning. Did you share it? Be thankful in all things this morning. Uh, a few weeks ago, I brought up the passage that says that. Next slide, please. There we go. And I thought to my, I thought to myself, you know, Paul practiced that. Like he told. Uh, he told the Thessalonians, be thankful in everything. And then I go and look at all his letters, and almost every one of them starts off with, I thank my God for you. I thank God for, every, for remembrance of you. I, thank, I give thanks to my God always for you. He was a man who would preach, not only to be disqualified, and actually lived it out. So the thing about thankfulness in my life, uh, as I, talked to, I was thinking about spiritual disciplines and, and really growing in the Lord, again, the goal is, in my heart, to become this. But, and to become something, I have to put disciplines in. You don't, I'm just, again, I don't want to sound like, a, like I'm repeating myself, but to become an excellent pianist, you have to put disciplines in to be there. It's just not going to happen. To become excellent at sewing, like Pat is, and she gets to go teach people, she had to, at one point in time, go, I go like this. I go like this, or this is how I feed this. Like, you had to really think hard, I'm sure, about how do I do this well? Knitting, how do I do this well? Swinging golf club, okay, I go back like this, and I follow through. 
But at some point in time, you built muscle memory, and it was just like, wow, 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 boom, 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 boom. And you're, you don't even realize that you're doing it. You've become an excellent pianist. You've become a fantastic guitar player. You've become a great basketball player. I know my kids and some of the kids, you know, you just you shoot. You don't have to think, well, let me put my arm here. Let me do this. Let me. It just, you become it. But without doing the discipline first, you can't really become it. And so when it came to Thanksgiving, I told myself a few months ago, I'm going to become more thankful. And I did two things. One is I determined to wake up every morning and before I get out of bed, start thanking God that I'm alive. <laughs> like, I don't have to wake up. I didn't have to have breath this morning. I could have died in my sleep. I'm just being real. Like, and I'm not, I was just like, God, thank you. And then I hear my wife, you know, clanging around in the bathroom. Actually, she's really good about being quiet. She's very good. I have to say, sometimes I don't hear it all. Uh, or my kids, you know, maybe running through the house a little bit, and that makes me go, thank you, Father. Thank you for these kids. Instead of getting angry that they're, like, kind of waking me up, I go, because they have to get ready a, a little bit earlier than I do. They, yeah, it just is. But instead of, instead of, th- instead of being angry about that where I could have been, and b- before I've been like, oh, I just go, thanks. Thank you, Lord. I have a wife that loves me and that she's up and she's going to work and it's going to help bring finances in to the family. The second thing I did was I decided to open up every like spa- time that I've created space for prayer with thankfulness. Like I'm going to, before I get into here's my laundry list of things, God, or, or whatever, I just begin to, I'm going on a walk and I'm praying whatever it is and I just begin to thank God. Thank God, Lord, thank you that I'm able to walk. Thank you that, and I just begin to go through that process and then this weekend, we're, don't get mad at me, we put up our Christmas tree. Uh-oh! See, there's a few years, but a lot of boos that want to boo me. You can boo me. Boo! Okay, I've never done this before. I've never put it up before Thanksgiving, okay? I haven't done it, but I have. I mean, Ryan is really upset that I put up my Christmas tree at a time. Greg is too. He's, well... I've been able to get him to help me. Put, okay, anyways, okay. But we're putting up the tree, and you all know what it's like, probably most of us, to put up a tree with kids. You know, whether they're your own kids or your grandkids or your nieces and nephews or whatever. You know, they all just have wonderful attitudes, right? It just goes so well. You're just like, wow, you, just, you did great there. You know, I've got one child who is, uh, we have called him basically the, king of destroying ornaments. That's Jonah, if I can. Where are you at, Jonah? As he was, when he was a, he's older now, but when he was younger, he would break at least one every year. It just is going to happen. He loved to play with them, whatever. Well, this year, Judah broke one. And Jonah said, yes, I'm no longer the breaker of the ornaments. Judah is now, ha ha. Only to break an ornament about 10 minutes later. And I was like, yeah, for a sucker. <laughs> and I just I loved it. I was just laughing. <laughs> because he dropped a Chewbacca and Chewbacca's leg fell off, right, Jonah? I know. I know. But he was like, I had two in my hand and Judah only had one. Like he was trying I was like, it's just funny because you, you know, made fun of Judah and then happened to do the exact same thing. But all that stuff's going on and we're having fun, but it's you know, there's some little things that could be annoying. And I just remember sitting on the couch and watching them. And everyone doesn't always have the best attitude. And I don't, it just came out of me. I started thanking God. Instead of getting frustrated for like a little sour attitude here, I think there were some tears maybe at one point. I said, God, thank you that I have three kids. Thank you that 
they're able to do this. It really hit me, and it almost made me cry. Noah's 14. I don't know how many more. I mean, in like four years, he could maybe not help us put up the tree again. That stinks. I hope so. I hope he does it till he's 40 or 50, you know, or whatever. I hope it, but, I mean, we know, the reality is, is my kids are growing, and I'm not going to get to experience this. And so instead of kind of getting frustrated and angry, I noticed because I had put those disciplines in my life, I was just becoming a more thankful person, and I praise God for it, and it was awesome. Like, it was so cool, and I, I was, yeah, it's just, it's, it's awesome. So if I'm ever grumbling, I don't, you need to say to me, John, how's that discipline of Thanksgiving going? I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Like, I, I, I want that. I, I want us as a family to help each other and to grow. So let's take, I'm just going to take one minute here, one minute before we eat, to be still, to be silent before the Lord, and I'm going to time it so it's not going to be that long. And I'm going to ask us to just, when it comes to Thanksgiving, to ask the Lord what we can do practically. It doesn't have, see, the thing about just getting up in the morning and being thankful, it doesn't have to take 45 minutes of my time. Like, it can just be small things. I know people that write down three things every day when they get up or before they go to bed, put it into their phone. Super simple. I am thankful for this. I am thankful for that. I am thankful so that they can develop that. Uh, with Discovery Bible Study, start off with what are you thankful for? It's just, I want to open up the word. Maybe it's just like, I'm going to open up the scriptures and thank God for a few things in my life. So let's just ask the Lord. Lord, I just ask that you would, as we just take this minute here, that you would help us to know how, what we can practically do to become people that next year we come around and we don't go, oh, shoot. I really wanted to be more thankful, but if I'm honest, nothing's changed. Help us to uh, just hear from you on some very simple, practical things we can do to grow in thankfulness so that we can become persons of gratitude and thankfulness.